Today we're gonna we're gonna talk about is passive income a lie? Everybody mm. wants passive income. How do I do the most with doing the least or make the most with doing the least? And if you even type in passive income in your Facebook feed or online, you get all these ads for people like I can give you, you know, this this tip and this trick and this list and follow my plan. It's worth ten thousand dollars, but I'll give mm. it to you for twenty nine ninety five. Oh man, uh, because I do a lot of research on that, that's all a my lot of people. funnels look like that. A lot it of sales funnels. I see. So, anyways, we're gonna talk about that. But before we get into the main topic of the show, we're gonna talk about a tool tip or tech of the week. I'll go first this time. Yeah. You start, James. Yeah. <laughs> uh I am trying out this new program uh that is it looks it's free right now for me. It's called Fathom F A T H O M. And it's an add-on for my Zoom recording where I can take highlights of the show or anything that I'm recording, click a button, and it 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 highlights what I'm talking about. I can type a, type a note, and then I can use that. What I use it now for podcasting is I can use it for quotes. I can use it for clips, for social media. I can just use it when I rewrite the show notes. Like, oh, these were the three important things we talked about. But you can assign any, you can make anything a highlight. So uh, if you're doing a team meeting and somebody is delegated a task, mm. I I click the delegation button, it records the delegation, and then I can send this, this meeting recap to the whole team. They don't have to listen to the 90-minute meeting because what are meetings? They're, they're basically to get to the action points. You want mm. action from your meeting. Who does what and delegation? Who does what by when? Mm. And so I can clip those, put them in a document, send it to the people, have it as a recording for all time, but you don't have to listen to the meeting. You just listen to the to the important things. And it gives a summary and a transcription. Um, and And I know there's a business plan for it, but right now I'm just using the free version and it works really well. I've been impressed with like the the transcription and the the ease of use. So if you're if you're struggling for a like how do I how do I record my meetings because they're all Zoom and how do I get them to people and then how do I record the important points? Uh, Fathom is something you should check out because it it is uh it's been um. I, I think it sped up my note taking. So sure, no that and that's. For me, that's something I always look for. So I have a question on that, James. So yeah. we do our podcast editing and a lot of things in Descript. Yes. So does it record, when we're recording these things on Zoom, is it recording into Descript or are you putting it into Descript no, after? No, it's recording, it's recording to the, so I, I actually record it two ways. I record it to the local drive, my yeah. hard drive, because I think that gives me a cleaner recording mm -hmm. for podcasting. Because you know, even though I have like really good internet, occasionally you know you get dropouts or your just... guests may not and that's the yeah. thing too if you, yeah so you could do both is the yeah point, I'm, I'm doing both right now so i will have clips that i can share that are in the cloud and i will also have my 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 slightly better just my slightly better local recording that i can download and just move over to the the descript program so yeah, that, so that's my 
Yeah, so you can do two recordings. One, you can edit in Descript that gets a higher audio quality, does the mm -hmm. studio. Because that's the thing, for those who are impressed with our sound, which you should be, uh, that's the Descript program that creates the, it's the studio magic, I think is the, the button for it. That, studio sound. It's called studio, studio sound. I like, I like to refer to it as magic. <laughs> that's, well, that's it is I magic. Have. It is magic. And then, uh, but then, but then also you can do the fathom version that allows you to have more notes and extractables and things like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's great. So here's my tip. If you're doing anything where you have a website, whether you have a local private practice, you are, you have a blog, whatever. You have to, and, I, and, and it's rare that our tips are that emphatic, but you have to, in my opinion, have a CRM. You may be asking, what's a CRM? CRM stands for Contact Management. Uh, Some relationship management. Yeah, the relationship. I knew it was. We, it, we it. knew that. We, we knew did, that. Well, it's a problem. I mean, if you're a therapist, there are acronyms that you don't know what they stand for. So customer relationship, but it's, it's email management. So mm. constant contact, MailChimp, AWeber, ActiveCampaign, all these ones you, you may have heard of. There's certain ones that have been around for longer, like constant contact. A lot of them are free to start with. I use ConvertKit um, and ConvertKit starts out with a free plan. You don't have access to all the features, but the features I'm about to describe are all free. And so if you're interested in that, uh, you could check out my link at psychmaven or at uh, convertkit.psychmaven.com. We'll take you to our specific link for that. But I use it for the things that we do in the organization I work with, Psychmaven, and we have a large contact list of several thousand people. But I'm not going to even talk about that. I'm going to talk about what I have for my counseling website, which I have a free plan I use for my website, Haven Counseling Center. And all it is is, is you go to the website and I have a common, common question I get is for resources that may not be internal to our counseling practice. And I do a lot of our referral management for the practice because we, we don't have a reception person. And so a lot of that is stuff that I do. And so sometimes people will inquire in the practice and they want somebody who may not have an opening in a specialty. They may be looking for somebody to see a young child and we don't have any of our children therapist with an opening, or they need somebody who will take a certain insurance that we don't do, or they're wanting medication management or um, inpatient or residential addiction treatment, any number of things that people may reach out to you for that I don't personally do, or our practice doesn't. So what I ended up doing was I created a PDF guide of resources of referrals that I often give. It's a downloadable and I have it connected to my, uh, to my CRM. And so if you go to our website, which is havencounselingcenter.com, You'll see one of the things on the main page is it's called the, the Knoxville Mental Health and Counseling Guide, and it's a download. And if you click on it, people, it's just a simple opt-in form. People put in their email and they'll do some checkboxes based on like, that gives us some information to kind of know who they are. And like, are you looking at this for your own use? Are you a, another therapist or healthcare professional that's looking for referral bases? And this is just something slowly collecting email addresses. We get about four to five email opt-ins a week. I've, I've had it going for just a, a, about two years. Right now, I think we've got like 500, 600 email contacts in it. But these, the benefit of having this is whenever we're doing something as a counseling center, this is, gives me a direct way to reach out to people. And so whenever we hire a new therapist or somebody all of a sudden is starting a new group or there's openings, 
that's one of the main things I do is I'll send an email. I'll say, like, you know, email will be immediate openings, new trauma-based therapist with Haven Counseling Center. And it always leads to inquiries. And it's, it doesn't cost me anything. Like, I'm, this is a free plan I'm using for ConvertKit in this. But to be able to, I, I look at this and I've only been using this in this way for my counseling center for this point, less than two years. And it's just kind of slowly collecting things over time. If I had had this going for the entire time I had a counseling center, I'd probably have, you know, 12, 1500 contacts at this point. And how valuable would that be to my business when we hire a new therapist or we starting a new group or someone's leading a retreat? Well, yeah, that's one of the big things. When you hire a new therapist, fill in their schedule is often the, the main, because I work with virtual assistants, that was the, what they would always ask us. Like, did you fill the schedule? Did you fill the schedule? Did you fill the schedule? But you're kind of dependent on who's calling. So what yeah. you're doing is still in the, you know, you have a, a, a resource of people who might be open to, to joining a new group. Or yeah. Because these the are therapist. people that were interested in the topic of local mental health resources. And it's also just, I tried to make it a good guide. And if no one interacts beyond, if all I, the other thing this did for me was a time saver. Because when people would reach out and, you know, ask for referrals, what's on this guide is stuff I would give them typically. And now I can just send people a link and be like, hey, if you go to this link, you can get this free guide. And I just find it's a direct way because I've done Facebook ads for my counseling center before. And that I think is helpful, but it's less precise. I'm just kind of throwing things out into the ether of the internet. And this is, these are identifiable people that have expressed interest in what we do, whether they're referral partners, people looking for their own services, whatever it is. And it's been, but, and, but this is, again, I want to highlight it. This is free. So there's absolutely no reason not to do something like this. If you're a, a local counselor or if you do anything related to mental health and if you have anything of value that you could give away for free that people would want to opt in for, that could then help you build a contact list because contact lists are the most invaluable thing in scaling a business. Mm. It is, you can have the best product in the world. And as somebody that puts on online courses, I have people all the time come to me with something that they think is just a dynamite course idea. And sometimes it is. The problem is, who's going to buy it? People have this idea. It's sort of, I've, I've seen this for people in fiction writing. They have this idea for a book. And they have this and, you know, idea that I can, I can write this amazing story and people are just going to buy it. And that's not generally true. That's not how the publishing world generally works. Uh, yeah, the best, the best course in the world with zero students is going to make zero dollars. It makes zero. You can have the most brilliant. It, ultimately, these things happen because because you'll hear stories of fiction writers that will build momentum. But oftentimes, if you listen to their story, there was somebody in the the pipeline that got a hold of their material and really took ownership and I'm going to move this forward. But you can have the most brilliant book in the world. If you don't have an audience, no one cares. And then on the opposite side of that, you have someone like James Clear, who James Marlin and I have talked about uh, of Atomic, Atomic Habits, Habits. Yeah. which is a great book. And I've, I've enjoyed the book. However, he put out the book after he had been doing a blog and email newsletter that had like something like 200,000 subscribers at that point. He had a contact list. And at that point, if you have 200,000 subscribers, it doesn't matter who you are. 
you can get a book deal. Any publisher would be, would be if, you've, if you could show an active contact list of that many people that you can directly speak to, you don't have to, you can have the dumbest book idea. A publisher will probably give you an idea if you've got an engaged audience. Well, that's, that's why, and I don't know if you do this in your course, your, your profitable mental health course thing, but I, I, the second step for us, once you have your idea is start building that list. Like it is for me, like it, it, you, you, we have like idea and audience and then it goes into marketing. Yeah. And that's the thing I talk about, like, and there are other things in that course I teach, like I've, cause I've done marketing other ways. I've done direct mailings in the past. You know, there, there are ways in collaboration, affiliate stuff I'm really big into. But ultimately for me, it's all down to at this point, particularly with an online product, getting a, an email contact. And I don't want to be spamming people. This isn't about, you want a consensual email contact. This isn't, you know, don't scrub lists online and just load them into your CRM. Like most CRMs will say, did you get permission to email this person? That's important. That's very important, both for the ethics of it, but also it's the quality of person. Uh, yeah. I, I want and people you, to hear from me if I'm going to email. If you do it wrong, like get just bulk lists, you get on a spam list and then the, uh, the ISPs and the email providers don't prioritize your mail or your mail gets sent to junk or spam. Yeah, so it is. You just can't do that. The, the this way, is hugely important, yeah. The way you're talking about providing a resource for somebody that they actually want to read and then sending them information that they actually want to have is, is beneficial to you and it's beneficial to them. Like you're you're doing something of value to them and they appreciate it and they're going to listen to you uh, and, better. And so anything make that I put email out into, Yeah, I, I want it to be value. I want it to be, and, and ultimately, if you want to scale in what you're doing without providing value, I have no help for you. Like I, I, have, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, yep. I don't want you to succeed if your goal is to make more money without adding value. Yeah. Hate to be that blunt, but it goes. And so this is the segue to what James and I had kind of set as our topic today about, because I'm talking about, I've been able to grow a lot of my businesses through, you know, and I will say, um, what the example I gave just in growing the email list for my counseling center is something that people would call a passive process. Cause I'm not, this is an automatic thing that's happening, but it leads into the question of this email of, of this, this, uh, uh, email podcast episode. Yeah. Is, so is passive income a lie? I guess that kind of leads to an introductory question. Like what yeah. are the different, what's the difference between passive income and other types of income? Yeah. What are the ways to make that income? Do you want to yeah. give us a little definition? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll unpack what it is in my world. Cause I think, you know, I'm kind of the avatar audience. It, sure. We try to think. And so I'll, I'll, there are things that I'll, I do that are much more directly active income. And there are things that people would qualify as passive income, but I'm, I have, I have some issues with that phrase and we're going to get into that. So <clears throat> the most clear things that I do for active income is, um, psychotherapy, supervision consulting and those are hourly paid things that i do where if you meet with me if you're if, if you have a counseling appointment with me a psychotherapy appointment with me that is a paid service and it's paid for time so it's a 45 minute block of time and it's x amount of dollars and that is an active income sort of thing to do i get paid for that by being there by being present by providing that it's it, providing supervision is a similar sorts of thing for me. And I don't do a lot of one-on-one -on -one consulting, but I do some. 
um, where people will, well, but basically they're buying time for me. They're buying time for me to sit with them, whether in person or on a video call. And active income is very, can be very lucrative. My hourly rate for my things is, is fairly expensive at this point. Um, you know, my, uh, my psychotherapy rate is, you know, 172 per session right now. And my consulting rate, I, I do it on a case by case basis, but I think I price, I think I'm at like 280 an hour right now for my consulting rate. So when I'm doing consult, I mean, that's a, it's not that it's not income producing, but I'm, I, there's a direct correlation between my time spend and money I'm making. And so by its nature, it is not a passive income process. That's one side of what I do. Now, what are the things that are more, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes for those who aren't seeing it, passive? Uh, because again, I think it's qualified. Well, I'm a, I'm a group practice owner. And so I have therapists that work for me that will provide psychotherapy services like I do. And a proportion of that revenue that's brought in goes to me as, as part of my business revenue and we pay expenses and things like that out of that. But ideally at the end of the month, we are paying less in expenses than we, we have brought in for revenue. And the difference between the two is profit. So ideally, and, and that is more, again, I'm avoiding the P word, the past, it, it's, it is less active for me because I'm not the one I can go on vacation and, and therapists that work for me are still seeing clients and that money is mm -hmm. going to my bank account and that is still having an effect on things. I have uh, courses that I both coordinate and manage with other people and ones that I teach myself. And I'll give an example of even how this works, right? Like James and I, we recorded an episode this morning. We took a break and I checked my email in between the break before we jump back in the recording. And I realized I sold a course. I sold a, you know, a, a, uh, a course that sales price, multiple hundreds of dollars. And that is money that was through an affiliate. So that means the person who facilitated the sale, they get commission, they get a portion of that course sale and then their credit card fees and sales tax and things like that come out. And then the rest goes into my bank account. Now that happened, that sale happened when James and I were recording our first episode this morning. So in that sense, people would look at like, oh, that's passive income. So those are the things, those are the two kind of categories in my life of things I do that, that fit into different things. So that, that kind of like, let's, let's talk about the title is passive income a lie because you're trying to avoid the P word, the passive income. Yeah. So Why? is it a lie? Kind of. And here's the thing. It, it depends. It, it, it depends. It depends. That's the therapist answer. It depends. Here's the thing. It, it's how we talk about stuff and, and, and how they're honest actors in the field that talk about passive, passive income that I think are spot on with it. Big shout out to Pat Flynn of the Passive Income. That's his brand, a Smart Passive Income. Smart Passive Income, his blog, his Smart Passive Income podcast. I love what Pat Flynn has to offer into the world. And he's using the P word and I have, I have no criticism there. Because it's ultimately what people are looking for. I think it depends what people mean by passive. And I'll give two different examples. Um, James and I, you know, James in his brand course creation studios, you know, part of what he's doing is helping 
um, creative types, a lot of them in the mental health space, find ways to monetize their expertise, their knowledge into things like online courses, memberships, things like you know, that. That is what James does. And, you know, James and I were talking pre-recording about, you know, what's the dynamic for people? Because oftentimes people will approach and they have this idea of kind of this automatic process of like, I can just, here's this thing I do or a thing I know about, and I can just make money offline, right? Without having to do anything. And that's what people, some people approach, that's what they think passive income is, where I can, I can just kind of throw something out there and the internet will just give me money. And that would be nice. That would, that, yeah. Well, well, I think that's the hook though, that gets people, you know, oh, if yeah. you believe and it, it, it is. And, and, and when I kind of approach people with things, I want to be clear, like, that's not the case. Like the internet is not interested in just giving you money just because. Yeah. Um, so then the question, well, what is it? And I guess here's the phrasing I like uh, better than passive income. I believe very much in invested income. I have to work for it. Now, the proportion of the work can be different. In that sense, it kind of works like a lever and pulley sort of thing. That, you know, if you're, if you're doing a pulley system, the amount of force that it takes to lift something is changes versus straight lifting something. And that's, that, there's a sense of scaling that can happen, that you can create a machine that can cr do things more, faster, more efficiently than you could do without the machine. You're and putting so in, in effort, but the yeah. outcome is greater than what you... Yeah. Would. So there's absolutely ways to leverage yeah. things and leverage things in a compounding way that, it, that you're, putting, you're having less input for greater output. That is absolutely possible. So how does a therapist do that, like with their knowledge? Because a lot of therapists have expert knowledge, expert mm -hmm. skills. They're really good at like helping people. And often they're really good at helping people in a specific way. Anxiety, depression, yeah. narcissism, like something. They're, they're good at a specialty. So how do you leverage that knowledge? You're, uh, because the, let's say the one-to-one, the -one, like you meeting one person at one time, that's the heavy work. It's still yeah, that's not a very leverage time. That's just lifting it straight up versus yeah. That's like yeah. yeah. So how, what do you do? Well, I think well, let's talk about expectation setting. First, okay, I yes. think that's the let's first thing. let's cover that and let's, let's get say, back to that. Like it's going to be work, and if you expect it's going to be work, everything else gets a lot easier. You, if you're going to make a pulley system, that's going to take work to create the pulley system. Sure. The, the outcome will be it will make it easier to lift things. Um, if you create an irrigation system for your garden, that's going to take work to do. Now, the end result may be you don't have to spend as much time watering afterwards, but it will take work. And sometimes it will take more work up front. But that's why I like the term invested, because you're investing at a certain point in the idea that it will give you return. So I, I gave the example of selling this course. I didn't do anything in that moment to sell that course. But I did lots of things before him. For one, I created the course that the person bought, which was you know, tens of dozens of hours just to even create the course, to write the material, to teach it, to record it, to edit it. And there was years of experience and knowledge that went into making that course. And this particular sale happened from a webinar I did about a week ago. Now that webinar 
I taught it and that was a live thing. Now this person, I'm guessing based on the timing of their sale, watched the replay of the webinar. Now that's a fully too, which was, that's... yeah, but that's less. And that's, you know, this, yeah. but, so expect work. And, you know, uh, I give this example that I like, um, comedian, Kevin Hart in one of his standup specials, it's showing his kind of pre-performance ritual. And he's with several of his friends backstage who are part of his kind of, uh, organization and he's in it. It's kind of like a pregame thing, like an athlete before going out to, to play a game and they're in a huddle and Kevin Hart's in the middle and he's doing this call and response with his guys that are around him. And he's saying, everyone wants to be famous and their response is, but no one wants to put the work in. He said, everyone wants to be famous. But no one wants to put the work in. Mm -hmm. And my, my ad adaptation is that everyone wants passive income. I've never met anybody that doesn't want passive income. Everyone wants passive income. You got to be prepared to do the work. Yeah. That's the first hurdle. That's the mindset. Past that, it's thinking of what makes the most sense to leverage because certain people can leverage certain things better. What makes the most sense of what you have to offer? Hiring other therapists is a different leveraging process than, say, creating an online membership or an online course. You may ask the question, which is better? And I'll give you the therapist answer. It depends. It depends. I, as a group practice owner, the amount of money that is generated from having a group practice is significantly more than the amount of money that's generated in my online courses. Significantly. But the expense and time is very different. Most of the, I, a much higher portion of the money I generate as a group practice owner goes to expenses, goes to paying therapists, goes to paying, you know, building utilities, goes to paying mortgage, goes to paying like, and so the profit margin for that is smaller as, as a proportion of the income. It also takes different skill set. Managing people and managing technology is different. And I don't feel great at either, I'll be honest, in certain bits, but they're pros and like giving instructions to a person that it has a thinking mind that can, that is intuitive, that can be self-directive is very different than when I'm creating an email funnel because I have to write out every step and upfront, definitely that's going to take me a lot more work. Now the email funnel, um, you know, what works when it's working, what works about that is different than, you know, I don't have to attend to the email. I don't have to attend to my personal relationship with my email funnel. The same mm -hmm. way I do for people that work for me. So it's deciding on what is the, the thing that makes the most sense for you. There are things I've done in the past. I've shared in previous episodes. I, I had a psychiatry practice, a medical practice. And my goal for that was to scale up an income. But that was not fun for me in the end. That was not a good fit for my personality. That was not a good fit for my expertise. That was not a good passive income investment. Online courses I know a lot more about. And I, I know much more about the management and the creation and the execution, I feel. And so that feels like a better thing for me. So how it's thinking, it's thinking of the what for, well, think of your why first. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And if what you're trying to accomplish is you want to be able to leverage up your income potential over time, because I'll go to my tip at the beginning, talk about email list. I am far, the, the main factor of my profitability as a course creator is not how many courses I have or how expensive my courses are. Those are mm -hmm. factors, but the main factors is how large is my audience? 
because I can have the exact same number of courses, but if I'm getting more and more people on my email list that are interested in these sorts of courses, each course, that's the pulley system there. Each course becomes much more valuable. Uh, and that is a problem I'm willing to work on. I'm willing to solve, but I have to work on my email list. I have to do things. I have to invest time and resources. If I'm, you know, if I'm growing it through paid ads, I have to pay the money to those ads and I have to make sure those ads are efficient. Yeah. Pete, the, the one thing, the, the challenge here is people, there's, the one thing people don't want is to get on another email list. Yeah. Like, they, they, they want to, you know, I trim, I trim so many email lists yeah. a week or a month. So what you're doing in your list is giving them value. Like you're not just selling them the whole time. No, I can't, I can't. And, and I want people to be like, I have people on my email list that have been on my email list for years and have not bought anything. Yeah. And you know what? I'm okay with, with that. Like, because there are often people that have given me feedback of how much they appreciate value. And in what I, I coordinate with other people and myself in psych maven is we try to create high value. I, I want people who never buy anything to feel like it's good to be on our email list because we do free webinars. We put out free continuing education. We recommend people towards podcasts. We do like, I, I want people to feel value and just to be, and, and I also think about it in the sense of how often I email. I'm on certain email lists that I get there. They're constantly, you know, and even if I like you, there's a certain point I'm going to unsubscribe because I, you're, you're just junking up my inbox because I'm not interested. If I'm not interested in 90% of your emails, I may love you, but mm -hmm. I don't want to be on your email list. Yeah. And so it's really getting that niche down and really thinking about, but anyway, but go back, like, how do you do it? Think about what's the pulley system you're building, but you're building a pulley system. You're building a machine. What's the machine you're building? You're building a machine. What do you want the machine to do? Why do you want the machine for one? And if it's just so you can sit on the beach and never think about it again, that's going to be a hard machine to build. I, what I love about passive income is I'm able to work in one moment and reap the rewards later. Mm. So I don't have to work in every moment. That's I, what I enjoy. I, and, but that's uh, also what I expect. I, I forget one of the podcast people I listen to. It was probably Graham Cochran. Like it's, um, it's like the get rich slow method. <laughs> like you're, you're putting in the work before. Yeah. The riches come a little later, but nobody just like the Kevin Hart example, you said, nobody wants to do the work. Like nobody yeah, wants, no wants to, to like the work. build yeah. the list or identify who the customer is that they can help the most and then provide them value, uh, before they even buy anything from you and then maintain that relationship. Nobody wants to do that work. But that's actually the work that makes the passive income machine work. Work. You need, and part of you need to know it. And I'll give a practical example of that. My friend, Bill O'Hanlon, who he teaches with PsychMaven, he has his own email list that he's been working on for, he started in constant contact back when that was like the only option. And he, he was smart. He started building an email list a long time ago. He's, he's got like 40,000 people on his email list. If I just, if, if Bill just gave me his email list, would it be valuable to me? Absolutely. However, I don't have a relationship with his email list like he does. And it would not, that machine would not work well in my hands. 
as it does in his hands because he can write an email and send it out to his list and like they connect with him because they want to hear from him. They signed up to hear from him. When I'm emailing people because I'm the one that, you know, if, if, if it's a person, if it's an individual person that sends an email out from PsychMaven, it's, it's me. Though as an organization, sometimes we send stuff out. But, but I, I'm much more connected with the list in PsychMaven because I've been a part of the process that it's being built. And so I've, it's, it's been a conversation in that sense. And like, if you're, if oftentimes, you know, for therapists looking to create passive income, it's usually involved giving some mental health related service outside of therapy was information product or supporting other people in the industry, but that's going to be very relationally driven. You can create more spaces and greater capacity, greater leveraging for that relationship space, but you have to think about it in those terms. If you just want an easy button, it's just there, there, there isn't an option for that. There's just no, there are ways to leverage up. And so it's not that you have to, when we say you have to do work first, first is set the expectation. You're going to have to work. But the second is you're not necessarily going to have to work as hard for the same result. The, the, the fruit and the, the, and that's why I like the term investment. My investments in my passive income, air quotes, passive income increase over time. When I put out a new course, what I get from it is significantly more than what it would be when I put out a new course three years ago. That is the fruit of investment. But I still have to do work. Mm. And you may have to do less work. You may have to do it less often. But, you know, think about having a car. You can have, there are certain cars that are far more reliable than others. And so it's not that all things are equally amount of work. You can get a certain car that's, that's super reliable, but you're still going to have to put fuel in it, whatever that is, whether it's an e-car, you know, whether it's hydrogen cells or the diesel fuel, gasoline, you have to fuel it some way. You have to, it has to get maintenance at some point, you know, whether that's often or infrequent at some point, it has to get, you know, whether it's an oil change or transmission fluid or battery replaced or, you know, tire, new tires, take your pick. You're going to have to do something. Now, ideally, you may want something that you don't have to have in the shop all the time, which I can get. You know, the difference, if you have a Toyota Camry versus, <laughs> uh, you know, a 1960s model Austin Healey Sprite, one is going to be in the shop way more than the other. Now, you the Sprite, and it's the Sprite, just to let you know, it's Austin Healey. But, like, that may be worth it to you because you love the car and you don't mind being in the shop that much. And your, your income scaling, maybe you're, you're okay for how much work you have to put into it. Cause you love the work. Like one of the things that I don't do is, um, a lot, you know, we talk about James clear, James clear made the commitment to post a blog every week. And I've not committed to anything like that because I don't like that style of work. I don't like the constant deadlines and the constant, I'm much more of a batcher, mm. uh, course creations, much more. I'll do that because that's a lot more work than writing a blog post, but I'll do it all at once and then I'll do anything for a while. That's my style. And so you fit, you know, you, you fit something that goes into your style, but, um, so you may be okay. So I'm, I'm more as for the Toyota Camry person, but I need to accept, I do have to take it in the shop. Anyway. I, I'm a, I'm a, a reliable car person as well. All right. But you shared in a previous episode, James, about like, that you had to learn that your father-in-law gave you the advice of uh yeah, that you don't buy the, the cheapest. Car. Yeah. Yeah, that you're buying the cheapest car. And 
and it ended up creating more work for you. And sometimes people will do that too. They'll they'll create the I I'll I had somebody who had um I was coaching and creating an online course. And she was wanting to put out a paid webinar initially. And she but she wanted to put out this paid webinar to cold traffic. And she said, um, how much would you pay for this? And I said, I think you need to do this short thing as a free thing. She got very defensive and she's like, I, I'm done doing free stuff. I don't want to do one more thing. How much would you pay for it? And I said, nothing. That made her even more. And, 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 and I said, I'm not going to pay anything for it. I go, I don't know if it's any good. I don't know if I'm that interested in the topic. And I even have a bit of a relationship with you. If you're asking me if I'm some random person on Facebook that sees your ad, I'm not going to pay anything for it. Now, I may opt in for something, and then the payment of that is my email address, and you can nurture. But I give this as an example because people will, um, you have to be willing to put into the work to really nurture the relationship with somebody if you want them to be a certain sort of customer. And you're going to have to put in work. Just decide, you can decide where and how often and in what way. And over time, that allows you to leverage. The pulley system gets much more uh, leveraged. And you can you can lift a whole lot more with a whole lot less force over time, but you never eliminate the work completely. Right. And you can just decide, like, what is it? You know, do I want to build a very complicated pulley system? So if someone says I run a really simple pulley system that that has the maximum amount of weight lift, that's not how pulleys work. Though the simpler the system, the the less it can benefit you. If you want to build a more complex system, you can often decrease your work over time more. Anyway, perfect. All right. So uh, passive income isn't truly passive. It's invested income and yeah. building the machine to You're building a machine. It can be more passive. And that's I think that's my, my qualifier. It can be it can't be passive in the sense of an absolute. I've created something passive. You can create something that's more passive than it was before. And over time, it can become progressively more passive. But it's just this idea of how do you reach infinity? You mm. don't. You can you can increase, but you never reach it. And so you can you can have something that's more passive, but nothing is truly completely passive. But you can build in that direction. Great. That, that's that's awesome. And when you're that's looking at thing. scaling, that's important. So what's uh let's let's go to the one thing you want people to remember from the episode. I'll go first. It's kind of a reiteration. Like you you were talking about um uh well. Uh, before you get value, you got to give value. So the value circle that Graham Cochran talks about in his book, you uh, you give them some sort of value with a lead magnet or some sort of gift. Then then you they get the value of that item. You when they purchase your item, if they eventually purchase, they get the value of that product, and you mm -hmm. also over deliver. So you give like. His value circuit is like three, three givings to one get. Like mm -hmm. that's his machine. He called it the value circle. And um, you just can't throw something at the internet and expect money to fall from heaven. You gotta, you gotta give something. First. If it does, it's a fluke. And that's the, that's part of it. it it's, and cause, cause someone may be listening to this and like, that's not true. I totally right, put right. this out here and it, sure. You can't build around that. Like, and, and that's the thing. If you want to build something, you can't build something off of happenstance. Yeah. You may benefit from happenstance, but it's hard to really build and plan. 
So how about your one thing, David? Um, to piggyback real quick on the value thing, it is the, 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 to do the value matters. Cause I was just looking up one of the, the most bits of feedback that I really appreciate that I was given from a student of mine who had gone through some free things, had bought one of my main courses and part of the course involved a, a one-on-one consulting, um, Rich Gallagher, um, uh, LMFT, uh, teaches on social anxiety and other things. And this was really cool because he was somebody who had done a lot of teaching in his career, and but he was interested in some of the solution I had to offer. Uh, and but one of the things he said, he goes, I love your free stuff. It's all meat. And he goes, I, I, do, I attend other free things and it's all fluff. Mm-hmm. And I really was touched by that feedback because that's one of my goals. I want, I don't want somebody, you know, it, it's sort of like I hate swag that's cheap. Like if, if you're, you know, cheap pins, you know, cheap key, whatever stuff that people will do, <laughs> if it's cheap, if it's, don't do it. Um, I like good swag. And when somebody like has like, it's a good pin, it's, a, you know, and I appreciate that they spend a little bit more money or it's something that's actually going to be useful. Or, you know, I've got this water bottle uh, that I got at a conference. It's this glass water bottle that I love. I use it all the time. And uh, if you're if you're giving physical things, my advice is make it quality. And if you're giving uh, digital things, make it quality. The fear is, is if I give away something good, then are they going to buy anything? Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the truth is, is, is that if if you go to a restaurant and the appetizer is horrible, I'm not going to trust that the entree is any good. But if the appetizer is amazing, I've set the expectation that this is a good entree. It's going to be a good entree. And that's what I want people to feel when they do anything free that I put out in the world is this was good. This has created an expectation for something better in the future. Mm, great. So that's just me adding to yours. But my, t- my, my one thing yeah. is it's, it's the pulley system Yeah, of that. You can, you can make it an easier lift for yourself where you can lift more with less energy, but you've got to build a pulley system. And you can build a better pulley system. It can get more passive. And so if the question of the episode is, is passive income a lot? It depends what you think. If you think passive income in an absolute sense is achievable, that is a lot. But creating something that is more passive, you know, than what you're currently doing and more passive than itself over time, absolutely true. You put in the work, you workshop it, you, you tune it up over time. You can get some really good, uh, 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 you know, it can get really uh, smooth throughout where that engine is really well lubricated and it, 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 it purrs along really, really well. That doesn't mean it's never going to need oil again, but it, it can run well. And that should be the goal. Put in the work, expect incremental improvements, repeat. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, David. Thanks, James. Um, This is uh, James Marland with Dr. David Hall. Thanks for joining us with the Scaling Therapy Practice. We hope you make those small steps that lead to big growth. We'll see you next time. Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style, on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, 
You can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it. Thank you for listening to the Scaling Therapy Practice. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to remind you that the content shared today is for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should be considered as legal or tax advice. If you need a professional advice in those areas, please consult with a licensed attorney or accountant. But thank you so much for listening. The Scaling Therapy Practice is part of the SciCraft Network.